up? What's up, guys? I got my boys here with me. I got Drew and, and Jordan, and this is episode two. Episode two? I'm getting right. a little bit of back, back from I am here. too. Yeah, I wonder where that came from. It's gone now. It's gone now. Good. Hey, what would it be with it? We're still, we're like the first 10, we get a mulligan, right? So, well, I was going to say first five. I'll be a little bit more aggressive with it. I had some technical difficulties getting set up today, too. I was trying to use a new web camera, it did not work. So, I reverted back. So, we'll get five tries and then I think we'll be in good shape. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we got the first one out. We, what's up, Drew? We don't have a Joe Rogan budget, right? So, no, you have to take in when you're doing don't. this. We don't. But we've got the effort, right? Attitude and aptitude is what you say. We got the attitude and the aptitude. We're trying. We're going to get it. So thank everybody that joined us on the first one. When you go back and watch your first episode, you realize, uh, man, we should have probably done this different. So we really need to introduce the podcast. So this is the Zion Experience, TZE, episode two. Uh, Jordan and I are traditionally your hosts. We got our boy Drew here, who's one of the co-founders, EVP of Zion. Glad to have him. We call him the big guy. He's the big guy back here in the picture. So uh, I'm pumped about today. I don't know about you all. I've been on the road for the last couple of weeks, back in the office this week. Had about a thousand emails to get through, it felt like. Gave up about Wednesday afternoon and said some of them are going to have to wait. Uh, a lot of customer conversations. Been at two trade shows two weeks prior. One was Elevate with, with uh, Corber Supply Chain Solutions in Orlando. Um, I went solo there because we had a little go live, had some other stuff going on for, for the guys here. And um, and then last week we were in Chicago for ProMat. And let me tell you all, I, so am I official because I got show notes today? Is it that work? It's probably off. You don't, we try not to script this. So none of it's real scripted. We have a little outline today uh, for episode two because we're going to hit ProMat recap. We've got a couple special guests from, uh, one of our partners at High Robotics. We got two guys coming on. I'll intro them. We're going to add them to, to the to the show in just a little bit. But today's all about ProMat 2023, and I'm pumped. So ProMat stats. I you you boys are hearing this for the first time too. I think it's the first show in four years um, because of our friend COVID. Uh, so the first show since 2019, there were 50,000 plus attendees. That's up 12 percent. Largest show. Um, for ProMat that MHI has ever had. There were 178 countries represented, 1,051 exhibitors, uh, 562,000, so over half a million square feet of exhibited solutions, 150 educational sessions, and there was 1.2 million square feet that was used at the Chicago McCormick Center. McCormick, yeah, McCormick Place, sorry. So we were there. We landed Monday. Uh, we had a great show. I thought we we didn't exhibit this year. Don't don't know if we'll exhibit. We we've talked about between Modex and Promab. We we went out to several dinner and breakfast events with with our clients and our partners and just yeah, guys. So you all heard the stats. What do you what do you think about that? Well, it's just a busy show, right? I mean, if you remember, it was automate those across the hall, and it was it was automated this year. Different different levels of automation, but. A lot of robotics. It was just really good. I mean, you're going to hear this a lot, but to get out and see people. I mean, we've been out. We've been seeing people, but you just – it's an opportunity to, to hook up with people you might see once or twice a year or talk to every now and then. So 
Um, you know, my first day there was Tuesday. I got there Monday, went to the show Tuesday, and Tuesday seemed to be a busy, busy day. So, and you know how it is. You're, you got an agenda, you got a schedule, you're trying to hit some different booths. You make it down one aisle and then you run to somebody you know, and then that makes you go look at something else. So, uh, Wednesday was my day that I got to get around and see the show in entirety. Um, had some sore feet, some sore backs. You know, I was going around with, uh, with one of our other co-founders, Chuck. Chuck had to take a couple little breaks here and there. You know, the, the back was hurting them. <laughs> the, the feet were hurting them. So he could tell you where every bench was located within the McCormick Place trade show. He took advantage. But overall, it was just a really good show. Excited to talk about it today and some of the things that we saw that maybe we knew of, first time seeing, or maybe we didn't know of. Um, but overall, just a, a great show. I was with a customer all day Tuesday, and I think we covered 1.2 million square feet four times. Hmm. So I, like Chuck, was dead by the end of it. I'm not built to walk 1.2 million square feet four times. You know, that nature didn't treat me that way, but it was a really great show. The best part for me was walking down an aisle, seeing somebody from 30 feet away, because this year it was more spread out, right? It, you weren't so shoulder to shoulder that you couldn't move. Having it on both sides of McCormick was nice because there's actually space in the aisles to walk. So you could actually yeah. see people yeah. coming. And, you know, six four three fifty people definitely knew it was me walking down and <laughs> running up and it just, it just felt good to see people, you know, being together like that. Let's talk about that a little. So we, we call Drew the big guy just because that's what he calls himself. But Drew is a big guy. Six four. What are you, you say? About 350. About yeah, three and a half so, mm, What, Tuesday? Was it Tuesday and Wednesday both about lunchtime, one o'clock? One o'clock, one thirty. Yeah, was that what it was? Drew had yeah. to go back. Tuesday, so you have no idea about Tuesday. <laughs> Wednesday about one o'clock, I was done. I was done, <laughs> wrapped, ready to get some work done, get off the floor. Tuesday heading there to about four o'clock. He had to I, go get some work done, and I, right. I, I bet that he was went back and took him a little afternoon. I did on Tuesday. Fiesta <clears throat> at the hotel. No, I did. Saw, I did we saw Tuesday. It was we saw Tuesday. one email come out on Wednesday. So that he could talk about him being, you know, productive and working, and it was a lengthy email, and that was about one forty-two, and then after that, it got a little quiet. So, well, you know, make your it own is. assumptions, right? Man, it is a long day, but yeah, it is. Full transparency. See, we had to volunteer to do things. I volunteered to be the first at dinner Tuesday night, so I could go back do a little work. Got done at five and said, "Hey, I've got an hour." I absolutely took a thirty-minute nap, and I showered, and I felt <laughs> great for dinner. I'm like everybody else. It's all good because it is. It, it you you hit it, Jordan. I mean, absolutely. It was the year of the robotics and automation. I mean, it's no longer. It's all in one. If you you didn't see automation, you didn't see robotics, and you know that's what the show was. It was a coming out, Drew. I think you had a little little video with uh, one of our partners made for Net, and you just said, "Man, it's good to see everybody, and it's good good to see not only the big logos." but the smaller companies and get a touch and feel and see their, see their technology and walk. We had several customers with us. We got to walk and show them because people still like to see it. And then the relationship aspect, it's just, it was good to go see people you hadn't seen for a while. They're excited to hear about Zion, what we're doing, meet us in person for the first time. And we even got some shout outs for our podcast. So it was, we were pretty pumped about that. Well, let's no, not delay were, it too long. Yep. Real quick, just so you know, you were famous. Like four or five people. Hey, is Jimmy here? I watched the podcast. Has Jimmy yep. lost 50 pounds? Like, it was quite the conversation over yeah. two days. Yeah. Your LinkedIn presence is uh, far-reaching, sir. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I had several people that met me for the first time over LinkedIn. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm bugging you, just unfollow me. It's it, You won't hurt my feelings, but 
the the feedback's overwhelming. They like what Zion's doing. They like the partners and what our partners are doing, our people are doing, and then uh, just they like what the brand's doing. So we're excited about it. We're glad to share this. We got – so today, again, I, I, I go back. We're going to bring on our guest. Uh, we'll go ahead and bring them on if you want. Uh, Jacob's in the background. He's our tech guy. So we got we got a couple guests we're going to bring on. We're going to chop it up <laughs> with them for a bit. Listen, we got we got some exciting news they get to share with everybody. So we're glad to have them. And then at the end, we we're going to have a little little time where the three of us, Drew, myself, and Jordan, all talk about what all all the cool technology and automation that we saw that thinks are that we think are going to solve some of the hardest problems in the supply chain right now. So looking forward to it. So. Without ado, let me uh, let me introduce. I've got I don't know how you all see it on your screen, but the the guy in the red shirt. That's my my guy. Chris threw his hand up, but that's that's Brian Reinhardt. So Brian, uh, let me give a little background. We got to explain who Brian is, and so Brian's a VP of Sales, Marketing, and Solutions at High Robotics. Uh, Brian's been in in the industry or around the industry for twenty plus years. Eleven of that's been primarily in material handling, supply chain space. He is a converted engineer, so he's a mechanical engineer that went to the dark side of sales and uh, does had a lot of success at it. So he worked, I think you started out, Brian, at Voight, maybe I said that wrong, power generation industry, and then you ended up, Brian and we actually competed. So one of our first conversations with Brian last year when we when he was at high and we had started Zion was like, we used to compete. It's like, is everything okay there? Because he was at Bastion Material Handling, for, had a lot of success there. Uh, good guy, mechanical engineer, living in Louisville now. Um, so glad to have you. And then the other individual you see is is Mr. Smith, Chris Smith. So Chris is the VP of Project Delivery for High Robotics in North America. And um, Chris has been in the industry 23 plus years, if I got it right, Chris. And he's served multiple roles, been in, you name the vertical, Chris has touched it and seen it. Uh, he's got like a who's who of list of who he's worked with. So I think prior to cap, prior to high, if I can speak, is he was at KPI for a while and he was at DCS um, for a while. You were at Swiss Log and Vanderlande for a while and then a couple little places before that. And then one of the cool stories that, about you that I remember when we first met was you went out and you became a, an associate at Amazon yes. um, for a brief stint. So you could see we call that concrete walker. So we, I, I can't coin it. I can't say I had it, but I grew up on the concrete at UPS and, and working out amongst the employees and doing the work. And as an engineer, I learned a whole lot that way. So you took a, you took a certain period of time and did that at Amazon just to increase your knowledge and subject matter expertise. So I remember that from one of our first conversations, but enough with introductions. Let's, let's roll. We got a little bit of, we got a little bit of, um, of a script here in terms of just so the guys what so we don't get on here and look at each other and go down rabbit hoses. I wanted to give high the opportunity. They had some exciting news, but first was just, Hey, some people may not know high robotics yet. So you got your elevator speech, whichever one of y'all wants to throw it Joe, and then just talk about some of the exciting stuff that you had happen out of ProMet. And thanks for being here. So. Well, no, th thanks for having us fellas. Um, the biggest takeaway of this is I've got to improve my background, you know, whether it's I've got, I've got all my sports stuff on that wall. We've got the degrees and like some photos on that wall. And all you see is a plain AC unit and window. So clearly I need a little, to, you got a little treadmill or something behind there too. What's that? You got a little elliptical. elliptical. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, yeah. I, 
I, I often take calls on that thing. So if you kind of hear a chugging in the background, that's, that's how we try to keep it, you know, a little bit in shape. Um, but no, we really appreciate, you know, taking the time to, to meet with us too. It was a lot of fun for us. It's a really exciting time in the company coming out of ProMat. So there's a lot of really cool things to talk about. Um, as you mentioned, if, if anyone out there, any of your listeners are unfamiliar with high robotics, you know, the 30-second kind of speech is that we're an autonomous case-handling robotics manufacturer. Um, we're multinational, founded in China in 2015. We started our U.S. operations in 2021. Um, since then, we've grown to over 50 people domestically um, with a full suite of operations, everything from BD to marketing, sales engineering, software, project management, site supervision, service support and maintenance. Um, so, you know, over the last few years, what we've really been trying to do is build a U.S. company for U.S. companies. Um, I think our technology is really on the cutting edge of what you're seeing in the space. And we'll get into a little bit of that, you know, down the line. But what we're trying to do is really combine all of the major pain points in the industry, density, speed, and add a new element of flexibility that I think really hasn't been seen. And so that's kind of who we are and what we're about. Um, we're excited for this partnership. I'll say that, you know, Jimmy, you talked a lot about, um, you know, how much fun you guys are having at Zion, the feedback that you've gotten from the market on kind of your general approach. And I think it aligns with us, right? We want to be a partner focused, kind of ethical, transparent company that really grows as our partners and customers grow. And so the fit's been outstanding and, you know, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Which one of you all wants to brag on how it happened and, <laughs> Yeah, I when it when it comes to bragging, I have to take that one. So when, when Chris and I were looking at the agenda points, I was like, let me do the fun ones and you can talk about kind of our roadmap and the techie stuff, right? That, that's kind of what we do. I'm I'm the mouth, he's the brain. Um but you know, obviously the show was big for us with the award. Um we 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 won the best innovation of an existing product award. My family's been asking me, what does it mean? I was like, Well, it's we won an Oscar, but there's not 30 Oscars, there's only four. And I'm competing with actors that have been around for a hundred years. And I, this is our first movie. Um, so that, that was kind of the metaphor I made, but, but, you know, the A42T um, it's basically the telescopic version of our bot. And so our bots are mobile um, autonomous order fulfillment technology at the simplest level. Um, but what the new innovation was, was being able to pick from 10 meters or 32 feet high. And so this is the first technology that can pick from that height without the pick engine being captive or guided. Um, and, you know, what that means is you've seen shuttles and ASRSs go 30, hell, 100 feet high for some of those pallet cranes. But the, the retrieval and storage technology is captive um, to the, the storage mechanism. It's either on a rail or a guide system of some sort. Our bots are completely mobile, meaning every bot has access to every product, has access to every operator. And so that height with that flexibility and mobility was previously unseen. And it was, it was really rewarding to see MHI kind of recognize and acknowledge that. You know, we've been preaching to the market now for a year or two that, you know, hey, this is different. This is something special. And, you know, a lot of companies say that, though. And there, there are advantages to all the new tech coming out. But we feel that ours is truly revolutionary. And so getting a third-party neutral evaluation from a longstanding, well-thought-of organization like MHI um, just to be a finalist was was out. You know, I, I considered it a win from day one, but to ultimately win and beat out well-known companies like Vonderlande, Geek Plus, OPEX, um, that that was truly special for us. 
Yeah, man, it was, uh, and, and you brought up, so day one, we're there Monday, I'm, I'm walking around, we, we meet up with you for the first time, and you show, like, you don't, you, you don't think about it till you look at it, but you know, going 32, 33 feet in the air, and the floor, the floor at the trade show was not perfect, it had a little bit of a slope, and you took me back and showed me, and just, the coolest thing is that little micro adjustment that it made at the very top shelf where it was doing a retrieval. It it just shows off the technology because other people are trying to solve that problem because there's several that I don't want to call them copycat, but the hardware is the hardware. Your secret sauce is is how do you apply it, but they haven't figured that component out of the hardware and high has. And it was, man, I sit there and watched it and videoed it. And I talked about it multiple times, showed customers that and congratulations on your award. That's That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, you know, it was funny. I got a call from a couple people on Chris's team the Friday before the show. And they said, Brian, this floor is not flat. The bot's leaning. What do we do? And I was like, well, can we pick? And they said, yeah, we haven't a miss pick. We haven't had a miss pick yet. And so well, what's the problem, guys? I was like, that's perfect. I was like, that we, we couldn't have drawn it up any better. Um, it shows the versatility. And you're right. The, you know, anyone can put a mast on an AGV. That's not the complex portion of this. The make it work element, the brain of the system, the micro functions in it are, you know, truly, I think, what sets us apart. And you couldn't have asked for a better kind of lucky mistake, if you will, so that we could show off the true nuance and accuracy of the bot. Especially considering most of your competition is going to have precision floor requirements that are extreme, right? Yeah. And so that one. I'd tell you right now, we had a, I was at the customer all day Tuesday. You saw him, I think we saw him out seven different times. And the first time we walked around the competition that was next door, I won't name names, he was like, wow. He started taking a picture. Like, I'm getting that. I'm putting that in my site. So that was exciting to see. Yeah, they're yeah coming, coming from integration, you know, I've done shuttles. I've done grid-based systems. Um, I think I've integrated nine or ten different um, goods-to-person or ASRS manufacturers. And, you know, the the floor requirements, the rigidity of the technology, it's just always a hurdle. And the market seems okay with that hurdle. But I always thought, well, if we can just mature the technology and remove it, wouldn't that be so much better for everybody? And so am I going to say the problem's 100% solved? No, right? You know, you can't, you can't put it in the middle of the moon with craters everywhere. Um, but not having to pour a slab, removing the grinding and the leveling of floors, um, we're, we're happy to be somewhere on the front edge of that. <clears throat> Yeah, I think you yeah, told I think me, it, Brian, because I asked you. I was like, why? You know, I mean, this industry's big, but it's small. You know, ever most people either know of or know others in the industry that are having success and working, you know, in different places. And we certainly knew each other. I don't know if we'd ever really sit down and, and chopped it up like this, but you, you said last week you what I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you basically said you wanted to be part of something unique and different and, and a technology that could truly make an impact. And this was just validation of it or, or something. I paraphrase that. So tell, yeah. tell how did you say it? You're the sales guy. I'm still just an old engineer. Uh, you know, know, the mouthpiece. <laughs> validation is the right word, right? You know, <clears throat> that's it. Any, any talented salesperson, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a bit of like the pro mat flu. I think I'm still recovering <laughs> from, uh, from last week. But, you Careful. Know, Careful yeah. there, right? Cautious yeah. with that one. That's that's right. Any any challenge like the big guy during during Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, see, I, that's the problem. I was on the floor for ten hours. I, I didn't get the little afternoon snoozles like Drew did. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, any any talented marketing person or salesperson could put a positive spin on a technology. You can polish anything and you can leverage relationships to get buy-in and customers. And you know, when when my previous company started taking off, a lot of us leaders were were getting approached by different techs and different companies. And I, I really never had any interest. And so it wasn't until high came along and I saw the tech and it, it just jumped off the page at me. And so the more I learned, that's ultimately why I decided to you know, bet my career on it. Um, and so, you, you know, you spend every single day, I'm on calls and meetings talking about the tech, you know, talking about the engineering and the data. And I've convinced myself and I've convinced my team and a lot of our partners have been convinced, but we're still new to the market. We've only been here for about a year and a half. And so that education, in the, in the that comfortability, Right. Overseas, you all sold oh, yeah. what, four or 5,000 units oh, yeah. robots. I mean, you all sold as many as maybe one of your competitors and oh, yeah, there's more. So 500 sites, you know, 5,000 robots. But with the majority of them being in either Europe and the Asian Pacific market, there's a distance there that still creates an uncomfortability in the U.S. And so yes. my job is to speed that comfort along, right? Get people on board, really get them familiar with the tech and and again, get it validated as quickly as possible. And so, you know, having someone MHI with no agenda, if anything, they would have an allegiance to a lot of the other companies. They've spent a whole lot more with MHI than I have. Um, but at, you know, at the end of the day, I think the tech spoke for itself. And that award really validates everything that we've said. It validates the decisions that I've made, the time and sweat Chris and I are putting into this company in this tech. And that was, it was just very rewarding. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, congrats on that. And I, well, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I know we just talked through the, the A42T, the telescopic version of what you guys presented, but there was a lot of other things to see within the booth, right? I mean, you're, I think one of the, the bigger things, and, you know, on Wednesday, the last day we were there, it was five o'clock, the show's closing, and we're tired. And there was one thing in the booth that kind of caught our attention because it's, you, you got to see it in person to understand it. That's your, that's the tote size that you guys offer. So, it's not a single size tote. There's multiple totes. You can add on camera options to be able to pick both cases and totes off of racking. You guys can work with existing racking because of your versatility. But you know, one of the things we did on Wednesday is is you guys sell a tote that I think's 850 or 800 by 600 millimeters, and then you have a size larger than that as well. But just to show the size of it, we wanted to take a picture. So Jimmy found himself worn out on Wednesday, walking back to your booth, took his boots off that he likes to wear everywhere, put them inside the tote so that we had a reference point to the size of that tote. Um, Cause it's powerful. You know, I mean, there's a lot of clients out there that have bigger, bulkier product and they don't have, there, there's not a lot of technologies out there that offer the flexibility of different tote sizes and storage mediums. It could be a yep. tote. It could be a case like mentioned earlier. Um, so I think that's, yeah, that's Air right. Customer. We did. Said, Let me show you this. Pull that's right. With my boots in it. So look how that's big right. this tote is. So I think when you couple the versatility of not only the telescopic, but you can intermingle robots within the same footprint, right? So you can do your you can do your A42, your A42, which I think is your bread and butter, right? And your A42T to maximize not only efficiency but cost. Um, but I think it's important, you know, with Chris being on here, and we we, we had the the rack that you guys installed at ProMatch just to talk through the you know, what you've seen from a delivery standpoint, an implementation standpoint, how does it, you know, in your experience compare to some of those other technologies that we may have seen at the trade show or out in the industry? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So I, I think uh, what you saw at ProMat was a, a testament to the team that we put together here and what they can do pretty quickly. 
Um, we've been talking about uh, feet hurting and back hurting. I think uh, we had 12 to 16 hour days leading up from Wednesday up until the start of the show. And uh, this group really put together this booth very, very quickly and very professionally. Um, I think that's a, a testament to this group and what they can do. Um, the floor wasn't quite what we needed. You know, the, the equipment was, was, was put there pretty quickly and we had to do what we had to do to get it done. But uh, there's lots of different things we can do. Uh, and I think that was um, that's what you saw at ProMat was our ability to do that deliver well. Um, it's modular, right? So we can we can move things around as we see fit. If you want to expand the system, we can shift things left to right pretty quickly. Uh, you can expand the racking fairly quickly. You can um, you know expand the height, and we can replace the bots. There's so many things that we can do, and this this team's really capable of doing that. And that's for me personally, I was excited to see it and be a part of it. Uh, you know, that's that's what I've seen uh, through my career. Is is this group is really a really good group. I have that yeah. perspective too, though. The rack's not specialty. It's I mean, it's there's requirements for the rack, but it's not high-end precision paid three times the cost for 50 widgets rack, right? And you can see that you get that density without that precision rack, be able to go up and actually touch it, see and feel it. That was impressive. That was impressive. Yeah, and you'll see some things coming on our roadmap that will even um, increase the ability of these things to do that. So there there's is. Yeah, I asked Jacob Chris to show it real quick while you're talking. Sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah, you can see this thing goes up as high as you can see. I think um, uh, a highlight from ProMat was the um, the union guys on the floor. There, they they would come over and just stop by the booth and say, "I've never seen anything so high," um, especially here at ProMat. And that was that was a a notch in the cap. There that was a feather for us because, you know, we were surrounded by some competition of ours, but. From across the floor, you could see that rack, and you could see that robot going up, and that was pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean that's a cool look, right, right there with a with a telescope going up. You have your backpack there on the on the robot, but it's able to stay fairly static, right? While your telescopic is going up, grabbing the tote, bringing it back down, stationing on the robot. Because um, what you guys also had at at ProMat fully functioning was your high ports. Right. So I don't know, Brian, if you want to talk through your high ports and kind of what how that separates you even further from some of the other competitors out there. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I kind of do the elevator speech right, I talk about the three pillars of problems that we're trying to solve um, density. I think we've hit that pretty hard with the 10 meter thing. Like if you if you can use all your vertical space, your storage per square foot is going to get really efficient you know, flexibility, that one kind of speaks for itself with the lack of captivity and the mobility of the robots, the ease, as you mentioned, Drew, the, the simplicity and the racking and the tote design, the, the variable case and tote sizes we can handle. But the speed is a challenging element. You know, a lot of technologies that have this type of flexibility, you know, your, your AMR type technologies, which are really more pick assists, um, you still need a sizable operator uh, pool to hit, you know, very high or even medium rates. Um, and then, you know, the, the grid-based technologies that get that really strong density play, you know, they still cap out three, 400 tote presentations per hour, even with the more modern workstations. So what we've done is, is really develop, uh, invent, and deploy our own high-speed workstation. And that's what the high port is. And that's a speed play. And so what the high port does, it allows our robots to dock with it and then fluid load or unload anywhere between six to eight totes at one time. Then using a two position vertical conveyor, it'll remove the totes from the storage position on the high port and dispense them rapidly to an operator. 
So with this kind of mechanization and function, you can get upwards of 600 tote presentations per hour to an operator. And you know, that's, that's not as fast as the speediest shuttles or workstations on the market, but it's close. And so that's always been our goal, right? We're not gonna be the fastest technology, but we wanna get close enough there, close enough in density that our flexibility and price points kind of take over and make it a no brainer. And so the, the high port, you know, that's something we've shown off now. We showed it at Modex last year, Promat this year. And again, what was a compliment to me was I saw a lot of creative workstations out there from our competitors. They may not have looked the exact same, but when you get to kind of like, okay, that's a two access conveyor system that you're taking off of a storage medium and dispensing to an operator, like, okay, it's just a different looking high port. And so whenever that happens, you know, it's, it's a little frustrating, but you also have to take it as a compliment. And um, yeah, we certainly did. I think what's more impressive than what you showed is what you don't show. If you guys can do put walls, you can do single use, you can do double use. We'd have exit delivery to align someplace else and have traffic coming back in. There's just so many different ways to do it. And I think for us, that's what the most exciting part about your tech is all that flexibility around the system to hit certain rates depending on the customer needs and what they need to do. Well, and that's why we love the partnership, right? You know, we we can extend beyond the pick a little bit, right? There's kind of a gray area, who owns what, who does what, but we're not integrators. We're, we're robotic manufacturers. And so all of the upstream stuff to get product to the system, the downstream stuff to actually, you know, pack, ship, get it out the door, that's not our area of expertise. And so a lot of people ask me, you know, do you go direct? Um, and our preferred model is through our partner network and through, you know, our, our value added premier partners like Zion where we can put together collectively a turnkey solution, door to door, save you space, save you operators, keep it flexible and scalable. And that's, you know, that's kind of a true value prop that's, that's leading the market. Yeah. I, I to tag on a lot, yeah, I know we're going to get to the roadmap later, but I think one of the, one of the things we haven't shown, I think you're going to be very surprised with when it comes out <clears throat> is our flex with uh, fork unit. So one of the one of the things you'll see is there's nuances when you're putting something away with our fixed width um, forks. Then what happens is you kind of sometimes see a devi deviation in how they're put away just because of natural events, right? So there's also the need for different size totes, different size cases, different size things within the same rack footprint. And you know our flex width technology that's coming out allows us to not only uh, accommodate any number size of totes on the same rack and the same with the same bot, but it also makes sure that we have a, uh, a very good delivery of our totes so that they're always centered, they're always ready. So you're you're increasing efficiency, you're increasing availability, you know, you're you're decreasing the cost because you're not having to have uh, numerous bots within the same field. It's one bot that can do any number of things for us. And that's where Brian was talking about the flexibility of our product. We're adding more to that. That is on our roadmap that is coming. So the US market's gonna see it soon. So I think that's a, a pretty exciting piece of our flexibility that we'll offer here soon. That's good. I think it's a good lead in. I told yep. you all we'd get on here and just get talking and it just, you get away, right? Which is cool, man, this is all great. We could um, we can rabbit hole with you guys for days. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's good, you know. Uh, but well, let's roll in. I don't know which one of you all wants to take it, but we just did. You all see anything? We we called it highlights, learnings, general observations, takeaway. Did you all see some cool tech that you saw that maybe is out on the market? And then 
is there anything under the under the covers? Is there any roadmap that y'all want to want to share today for for high? Well, let, let me tee it up for you here, if you don't mind, Chris, because I one of the interesting things I saw I thought was really you know it's it's easy to see the cool stuff from a hardware perspective, but the number of companies that are really investing in the software, either as a standalone software company, you know your, your companies out there like an SVT, for instance, um, or, or uh, even just integrators or manufacturers that are really trying to solve the software problem. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Some of the some of the things that I've been waiting for is kind of the, you know, the business intelligence and the AI of more mature industries, you know, whether it be manufacturing or medical. Um, there's a lot of really smart software application going on in those. And I keep waiting for it to come to material handling and automation. And it is and I think this year was was kind of a step in the positive direction there. So, you know, I, I kind of you have to talk to people. You have to really ask a lot of questions to fully understand, you know, why is this software different? Because you can't just see it like you can a robot. But the just the the amount of capital and time this industry is putting into software right now that really jumped out at me at the show. Yeah. And, and to go along with that. So, you know, you'll see a change in our software coming down the uh, pipe here. We uh, we've just kind of rebranded our software. Um, it's no longer uh, called the I, you know, WMS. It's now the uh, it's just called the high IQ WES. And what it's done is it's enabled us to be more stable, lighter and do more things and have more features that our customers have been asking for. It allows us to integrate better with our partners and their software and our clients. So like that's a big piece that's on our roadmap that's actually being implemented now. So we're already constantly improving that, you know, going along with the same theme of all those cool software technologies that are out there. Because, you know, our, I think, you know, you, we've all been in the industry long enough. It's back 20 years ago. It was all about the hardware. You know, 20 years later, it's all about the software. It's you know, the hardware is there, everyone's smart, everyone's gonna make good things, but your software really is what uh, differentiates you from your competition, right? It's what makes you better, it's what brings everything together. You know, it's to be fair, that's why you see so many companies like SBT coming out there. We had some partners that were there with us too. You saw Coevolution, they were there. They kind of do the same thing, right? It's, it's a big piece of this market. And I think the better your software, the better you're going to impact this this entire industry, really, and that's kind of what we're doing with our software is taking it to a very stable, very light, and very feature rich um, software that can help us perform better. We we've used the term a lot, and Jordan will get this for sure. You have robot companies that have software, and you have software companies that have robots. Hmm. One of the things that we were really attracted to you guys, especially going through the training, is you're a little bit of both, to where you don't have the ego where you have to do something specific. Right, we have this little bit of integration or all this control, which mm -hmm. creates flexibility, which for my mind is a huge win from a software stack perspective, right? Because it takes that customer who wants to control everything and gives them the control they need while getting the advantage of the tech. And then if you have a customer who just, hey, I need you to do more work and help me out, I don't have that capability, now they take it on, or you guys take it on. So that's just all, brag about that all the time, guys. I think it's awesome. Yeah, you'll see that in any number of our installations, right? You have that entire, um, uh, um, swath of inst installations, right? You have some controlling it themselves and us just controlling the traffic and then all the way up to us controlling everything. So yeah, that's what we can do. And that's, it's a big part of our offering is being able to do that. I think that's what helps make us stand out as well is not only our great hardware, but our great software. 
But I think it also speaks to the fact that you're you're, you're at the at the root of it. You're customer focused, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to come in and tell somebody exactly what they need to do. You want to come in and recommend what you think is best for their operation, whether that be you guys fully supporting it from a software and robotic perspective, or it's a it's a mixture of the two, right? But I think at the end of the day. There's definitely been a, a a paradigm shift where there wants to be everyone wants to have the standardized software, whether it be at the WMS level or WCS level. So you hit on something earlier around making integration easier that I think will speak to a lot of people because that's been one of the biggest elements. I mean, it's why SVT was born, right? I know we brought them up is to provide that standardized integration. So, but I, but I think once again, what you guys are there to do is you're there to solve a problem. You can solve a whole bunch of different problems. But you also don't need to force fit a specific solution into a problem if it's not the right solution. And you guys are self-aware of that. And you've really created a company that I think you should pride yourself on that gives you the ability to really go in and every solution is a little bit different, all with the same kind of root technology at it. But it's all going to be what we collectively feel is the best solution for that individual problem. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a fine line. You, you try to balance, um, you know customization and configuration configuration versus standardization and products right and if right and if we go 100 percent product and standardized well that sure makes our life really easy right but now the customer and our partners have to bend over backward to fit our mold and yeah we can probably save some internal expenses and some internal headaches but it's not what's best for the customer and at the end of the day i do think that's what's most important and that's how you last in this industry um, we've seen a lot of companies say my way or the highway, and some of them make it because they're, they're tech or they're so big, whatever it may be. But we just operate with a slightly different philosophy. And so, you know, if customers are telling us they want us to take it on because they don't want to deal with it, great. If they prefer control, well, that's fine too. Right. But I think that's unique, right? I mean, I think a lot of people are scared to give people that level of control because they don't know how their system may react to it. But you guys have done it, you've seen it, you understand it, and you've put the right resource. I mean, you just said 50 people domestically across all aspects. And you did that to position yourselves to really handle any type of issue that comes along. Well, and if you're if you're confident in your technology, and if at its core it's truly flexible, then you really shouldn't be afraid of right. allowing others to make decisions around how it's operated. You know, I always you know, put your money where your mouth is. Um, people ask all the time, well, if you give up inventory troll. How can you guarantee rate? Because if someone else's slotting or skew allocation is poor, we can help coach them there. We have the diagnostics within our system and in our fleet manager to be able to recognize what's going wrong and why we may have a rate issue. Also, you can just add more bots if you have to. And being a customer-friendly partner or a company, we're, we're going to do that you know, with, with minimal pain to them. And so, like I always say, we'll, we'll take the Pepsi challenge against anyone. Just, just give <laughs> us the opportunity and we'll, we'll go for it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think that's a too. You do it at a fair price too. You don't do it. It's not you have a premium product at a fair price. I think that's important, guys, to know. When you're competing in this market that we know pretty well, we are great to go to bat with you guys. And we're like, hey, we feel confident the ROI is really going to be there because it's 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 truly a whole product, and it's not a bunch of bells and whistles and very constrained. And you have a premium product at a very fair price. And I don't don't shortchange yourselves on that. You've done a great job with that. Oh, we appreciate it. Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the other things I wanted to hit on, too, is, you know, risk is actually two things I want to hit on. Risk is always, always there, right? 
But I think what Brian said really well is we are there to coach. We're there to help. We, you know, we're, we're a good partner to our partners, right? So we, we can help you through the process, just like you can help us through the process. But we're willing to have those conversations with you. Um, one of the things that I've heard recently um, is in the market, we're actually very, very much ahead of our competition when it comes to things like training, you know, and support. Uh, being able to do things that a lot of people that have been in this 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 industry for much longer, even in the U.S., right? So we can do that. We can provide, you know, really robust SLAs. We we have support. We have we have trainings. We have, um, you know, any number of things along the entire cycle of the of the of the project that gets you to a good end. Even with that risk existing, we can still get you there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a testament to that. You know, we've gotten some documentation from you guys, and I've asked some of people on Brian's team. I've been like, hey, you know, where would I? Can, can you help me answer this question? Can you help me answer this question? And they can, but they can also say, well, if you look in the in the document we sent that's listed here, you'll see it. It's on page fourteen, and it's like everything is put together. From an integrator's point of view, it is so refreshing to have all of that documentation. You guys also hosted us for a training, which we were very thankful of that went through an in-depth training more so around the robotics and the applications and um, to learn more about that. But I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You guys are absolutely buttoned up documentations there. It's, it makes our lives a lot easier and our customers lives a lot easier. Yeah. Can I, can I tell a funny story on that real quick? I'll make it short. Sure. So when I joined the company, um, I think we were about 20 people then. And that was about, 15 months ago. And um, the first thing I noticed is that I thought in the US we were underdeveloped in Chris's side of the business. Um, project, we had some project managers. Um, we had we had really no support plan at all. A lot of our documentation was in Chinese. And so I put a plan and investment request together for HQ that said, hey, we have to pro, we have to build all this out, like right now. We need to hire a VP of implementation. We need to get directors under him. We need people, we need structure, we need process. And it had a sizable seven-figure price tag on it. And our CEO said, well, well, no, we're, we're going to do that. But should, you know, do you think we should win some projects first? And I said, absolutely not. We've, we've got to do this before we win the projects. And um, I think I'd been with the company like two months. And he was like, who the hell is this guy that we just hired um, asking me for more money that's not even under his business? Hey, sales guy, go sell something. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but to their credit, they, they listened and they did it. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of folks in the early stages of their company, right? You, if you look it up, you can see where our, our investment milestones have been. It's pretty easy to keep all that at, at home base. They just dumped it into the U.S. and said, OK, not, you know, not here's a blank check. But tell me why you're doing it. But we're going to give you guys whatever you need to succeed. And I think kind of that proactive approach is paying dividends now because we have won some projects. We've got some implementations going on. And we have strong leadership, good experience, and good infrastructure to rely on versus just kind of chasing our tails and calling HQ every day. So, right. Yeah, credit we to them for side of that is integrators bringing product to market with nothing developed. We very much appreciate some of the pain you have saved, especially those of the exploited market as implementation. And I think uh, Jordan and Jimmy know exactly what I'm talking about. It was absolutely good people, painful process dragging them along asking questions if we have to answer the customers the customers are going to have your system out yeah and we're not perfect right there's going to be hiccups along the way but at least we're trying and we recognize how important it is not just to sell but to execute and so 
you know, Chris has done a phenomenal job building that team and I'm excited to watch him kind of show, show off a little bit this year in the field. I appreciate right. that. Yeah. Brian's done a great job too. And so we're, I think we're, we're two, this two sides. Of into a love acting with sales and implementations are like buddying up on the call because we, know right, we actually agree with each other how about that <laughs> yeah. um no, i you know to go along with that too not to to belay the point here and keep going but you know i think i saw a headline uh after promat and one of the head the headline said asrs with an amr attitude right and i think that's what we are it's a fantastic headline that, you know, it, it's got to go on a t-shirt someday, right? It's, you know, right. I think it hits us perfectly is, you know, we're, we're a global company, but we also have a U.S. identity, right? So we are, we are, we are creating a U.S. identity that gives us that attitude in the U.S. in order to, to be a part of the community and be someone that they can trust and say, okay, while we have some reservations, you still are here and you're bringing the attitude and you're bringing what we need to the market. And I think that's a really big thing for us. We're ready. That's awesome, man. And you brought up some of your team. So we met with Richie about this time last year, I guess, Richie Chen, you're all, he's a founder CEO and, and just, I'd call out some of your other people on the team, but you know, what, a what a, this is what it's all about. You, you, we've said it multiple times, like hardware is great. You can sell anything. It's how you deliver. It's how you execute. And it's the experience that people have, which is plugging a little of ours. That's our that's that's our gig, right? On our vision is like you we we want to give that memorable experience, but it's got to be intelligent change as well. So it's not it's balancing both sides of those. But you all have got we I don't know we've met anybody that hadn't been just a rock star. So we've got Becca, um, you're all's marketing. I, I don't know Becca's an official title, but director does a great job. Yeah. What is it? Director of marketing, just super rock star, whatever Absolutely. you want to call her. Yeah, she's the you best. Got, you got Sean, it's Brixie that's working under your team. You got Kyle, you got Will. We met some of uh, some of the other other team. It's just like that's what Ragga makes it Muhammad. all Ragga Muhammad, answering customer questions right on the spot, knows every detail. Yep. You know, especially you guys are well aware of that project we're working on together very soon. It's gonna come to fruition and just getting that comfort level with the tech stack is just it's awesome. Yeah, well, I think. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I just I wanted to. You guys have been awful complimentary of us. You know, you mentioned Richie. So, in in the Asia Pacific market, integration is not a big thing. And so, out of those, you know, 400, 500 projects I mentioned, probably three fifty of them are direct, just because that's how the company developed. And so, in addition to asking for several million dollars in my first month, I also said, hey, we're going to change our business model and go through, you know, value added partners. And they, again, they're like, you're insane. I was like, get over here and meet some of them. Yeah. And he just, he just raves about you guys, you know, loves the intelligence, the collective experience. I get asked all the time, how are the Zion guys doing? What are they up to? When's our next project with them? Um, it's, you know, how can we market together? And so uh, I think kind of the value that you guys provide that, you know, I don't want to use the word warm, but it's just, it's less transactional with you. I think that was such a breath of fresh air to our folks at HQ where everything is very regimented and documented. This is just a different way to do business. And I think, you know, Richie's coming back over in a couple of months. And one of the first thing he says, well, well, let's get a face-to-face with the Zion team again. I want to run that back. And it's like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's a good way to work. And if you're going to do this for a couple of decades, you better find some people you enjoy doing it with. That's right. 
Yeah, it's certainly not trend. We, we use that statement a lot. So we, we're not interested in transactional type relationships. We want true, it's a partnership and, and that's what we strive for. Well, there our listeners have probably heard like these guys just pre-scripted all this. They're just, they're just loving each other, hugging each other. But this is, this is raw everybody. So if you made it this far, they were supposed to be done about 20 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago, but this is how we do. And it's great because this, this is the thing I like about the, the podcast too, is because you never know it might go one direction. And this is just us talking. This is just said it multiple times, chopping it up, but really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, do you all have, I got two, two more things. We might end this with a question of both of you all, if y'all want to play along or you might be like, Nope, done. Um, do you got any roadmap? You, you talked about high IQ, IQ, if I can talk. Um, is there any other roadmap items you want to share? Or just stay stay tuned. Uh, yeah, so I, I hit on the flex width one. So that's a big one that's coming, right? So yep. you're going to see that. Got it. Thanks, Chris. Save yeah, that, me there, brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's the big one. So you have the, the software we talked about that is going on now. Um, the roadmap on that is pretty robust. We're going to be adding more and more features through, through that through the whole year. And then the flex width, I think it's going to change the market yet again, right? So I, I don't know if you guys saw that innovation award ceremony and how much we all jumped up and ran up to the stage way ahead of when we were supposed to. But um, I'm hoping something like that happens again because it was a great thing. And I think this flex width is one of those things that can do that, right? It's another innovation to a great product that really changes things for us. So I think those two things in the roadmap are ones that I like to hit on. I don't know if Brian has anything he, he want to hit on that, but those are the two big ones for me. We we, we got to keep some things behind the curtain, um, but I'll just Modex 24. We'll, we'll see you all in Atlanta. It's awesome. That's good. Yeah. We can say roadmap wise. We we're, we're like, we got verbals. We're going to be, we're going to be sharing. We're excited. We're out of respect for some of our customers. We've kind of got to wait. Right. But just just watch and if or if you're listening just keep up with us and uh we're looking forward to that so all right something new we're trying a little end of the podcast every podcast has something you ask a question i gave you a a choice of three um so did do you all look at the questions do any of the questions want to stand out y'all can pick any of the three i'll read the three and then chris brian's done all the talking so he said he wasn't (laughs) going to yeah, no. I, 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 I question. Them. I need to see the mechanical engineering degree somewhere <laughs> just to validate this. He's got it. I, I'm sure he's got it in there. So, Chris, you're gonna you're gonna start, but just questions. Uh, we like to have fun uh, yep. over here, probably too much sometimes. And some of the people that have already been in this industry two or three decades, or might their nose might be a little bit in the air, and they're like, well, "What are those guys doing?" But we have fun. We're gonna continue to have fun, and it's it's just friends having fun. I'm serious when you need to be, business when you need to be. So first question, favorite adventure? It can be whatever, past, present, future. Uh, favorite national or state park? I'm a I'm a national park guy. You you all know that. And then just, or the last one would be favorite charity or pay it forward uh, idea. So any of the three, Chris? Yeah, I think for me, I, I actually combined your first and second one to uh, adventures and state parks. So um, I know you guys are a big state park thing. I see a lot of those in your LinkedIn. Uh, for me, uh, 2017, we took a family trip. We flew uh, to L.A. There was four of us. It was my wife and I and uh, two of my children. I do have four. 
Um, but it was two of them. Um, one was in the army at the time, so he couldn't go. And my fourth one wasn't born yet. So it was just two of us at the time. But anyway, we flew to LA. Uh, we saw Hollywood. Uh, we saw anything you could see in the LA area. And then we took a drive straight east to Death Valley. We drove through Death Valley, saw everything you could see in Death Valley, even took the kids to Vegas for one night just so they could say, oh, look at the lights, but you can't do anything else. Let's go. And then we went to, uh, <laughs> we saw the Joshua Tree Forest. We went down to Phoenix. Uh, my son and I played golf at TPC Scottsdale because my favorite thing to do is golf anywhere I can. It was 127 degrees that day. We were the only two people on that golf course, but at least we were playing golf. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so after that, we drove up to see uh, Meteor Crater, Grand Canyon. Then we went to the Four Corners, Monument Valley. We saw the Arches National Park. And then we drove straight east into Denver. And that was one of the most amazing trips I've been on. Um, I don't know how many people have done just the Southwest trip like that. But for personally, for me, highly recommend it. Um, beautiful, beautiful country. So that's my adventure and my favorite trip. It's awesome, man. I did. Uh, I did that was part. We did thirty-eight days, ten thousand miles with my kiddos last year. I got four as well, and wow. we we all packed in a little thirty-two, thirty-three foot Class C RV, and it was it was awesome. Nice, great, great time. So we hit we hit every one of those except I got the meteor meteor crater at closing time. I'd wow. already been there, didn't get to see it, but absolutely, I didn't play golf because you all don't <laughs> want to see me play golf. But everything else. <laughs> We did that on the back end of the trip last year. It's amazing. Right. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, so Brian, I hear got, you got a high on and high golf trip coming up soon, I think, is what I heard. Hey, you got some golfers like Jordan. That's right. Jordan told I called him last night because we have zero set business hours. So it's seven o'clock. Jordan's watching the three kids. Uh Rowan's in the in the little playpen. Harper's in there, his oldest daughter's playing with Rowan. Levi's staring at me on the on the team's video call because I'm trying to build something in Salesforce that I shouldn't be in the middle of building. And we, uh, I just completely lost my train of thought. No, that's what golf. <laughs> Jordan was like, yeah, Hey, I'm ahead of you all. I did a team building event yesterday. I said, yeah, really? And he said, yeah, I took a couple guys out golfing. I said, okay, so that's why I couldn't get over right. in the afternoon, but yeah. So anyway, Brian, you're up brother. You can answer any of the three. Or make your own up. I don't care. Favorite book. <laughs> no, I would say uh, adventure. Um, I got to go to Rio de Janeiro as part of my MBA program. And it was meant to be you go to businesses and learn about them and talk about what you're doing in school. But it just turned into a 10-day party for all of us. That's awesome. um, but we went hang gliding. And uh, so you literally, you get strapped in with a guy. Like there's no certification. It's a guy with a hang glider. And then you just <laughs> jump off a cliff. And I remember we're running to the edge and I was like, this is really unsafe. Like I should have checked the, the little clip or something. But um, we came down onto Empanema Beach and it was, uh, it was, you look back up the cliff and you're like, that was, that was stupid. Um, but still probably one of my favorite adventures. So that was a lot of fun. Got to see Christ the Redeemer. I shared that. I share a place, a park, uh, something every Sunday. Is, I yep. usually try. I went through the whole national park, most of them last year. I think I commented on that one. I did Christ the Redeemer. I, it's, I haven't been there. Definitely want to go see it. And uh, definitely want to see Rio. When we when we went, um, I'm a big Bengals fan. I didn't know what we were doing that day. I just threw on a T-shirt. And we get into the van and they said, hey, we're going to go see Christ the Redeemer. 
And I looked down and my T-shirt said, the Pittsburgh Steelers suck. And so every picture of me with one of the seven wonders of the world, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says the Pittsburgh Steelers suck. And, so, and you wouldn't you wouldn't change a thing, right? Keep that shirt I, honestly, on. Wear it proud. It's been on a bunch of like Cincinnati Bengals blogs. I think it was in the Cincy Inquirer. It's actually kind yeah. of funny. It's, it's right. out there if you look for it, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Well, guys, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I know we called a little bit of an audible, so Jacob's Jacob's just there in the background paying attention to us. We're I think we're going to wrap it up. We're at, we're at almost an hour, and just thank you both. Thank your team. Congratulations. Closing thoughts, anybody? We'll we'll wrap this up. We're gonna we'll do a little another take. Uh, Jordan and Drew, we'll we'll get our Zion thoughts of Pro Matt, and nobody's gonna watch us for an hour and a half. I don't think so. We're gonna have to chop. We're gonna have to break that up a little bit. But any closing thoughts? Now, I mean, for me, I just, you know, thank you for the time, the opportunity to both be on this and also to work with you guys. I hear there's like a billion dollars in the pipeline for you guys, for us. Right. That's what I heard. Right. Um, but <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, just kidding. So, um, no, I, I, I really appreciate you guys giving this opportunity to us. It's, it, it, it means a lot to us. And I think that um, it's going to be a very good partnership. Looking forward to many, many years together. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. We yeah. appreciate it. Right. Thank, Thank you. you all very much. Thanks for the time, guys. All right. That was great, guys. Yeah.